Algar Productions. Sarcastic Voyage presents the continuing story of Contentment Corner, starring Kara O'Connor as Zizix Jones. Well, you're gonna need a pretty extensive history lesson to follow on this one. I did promise to give you all the information you'll need to follow along, and I am a man of my word. Trust me, it's good stuff, totally worth the effort. Okay, ready? Here we go. For as long as anyone can remember, the cornerstone of Contentment Corner's prosperity has been St. Corby Soap, run by the much-beloved Ottawa St. Corby. The company employed nearly half the town and gave the label Soap Opera a clever little double meaning. The guy who writes most of this loves that sort of dumb thing. <laughs> Ottawa St. Corby has her own uh, rather complicated set of circumstances to deal with these days, but none of that has anything to do with our current story, so we're just going to put a pin in that and come back to it in another episode. Following an escalating series of misunderstandings, a young woman named Agnes Jorgensen adopted a clearly fake British accent, changed her name to Zizix Jones, and declared herself the sworn nemesis of Ottawa St. Corby and St. Corby Soap. Soon after, she opened Zizix Cosmetics, and within a few short years, established herself as a serious competitor. Less because she produced quality merchandise, and more because well, she was willing to cut ethical corners that the benevolent matriarch at St. Corby Soap would never dream of cutting. What do you mean we can't call our new line of soaps Dove? I don't care if the name is already taken. Is their soap made from real doves? No, I shouldn't think it is. Surely that gives us some room to fight this in court. Ladies and gentlemen of the board, it is often said that the best way to fight fire is with fire. Well, um, people say that, but re really I think it's best to fight fire with, uh, you, you know, water. Speaking of fire, that's what you are. Fire! Now get out! Yes, ma'am. Now where was I? Oh yes, fire with fire. What better way to combat crow's feet than with my new line of creams made from actual crow's feet? Frankly, I was surprised as you are to discover that our new handbags are giving people chlamydia. I'm an innocent in all of this. How was I to know that koalas suffer from extremely high rates of chlamydia when I had the little blighter skinned alive to make our handbags? Zizix was killed in the events of the season one finale, events that, again, would just distract us from the important stuff here, so we'll just ignore those for now, but she was, most certainly, dead, because we actually visited her in hell in the season two finale, only now, well, we'll get to that. First, you need to know about Zizix's Dutch uncle. Okay, technically her Danish uncle, Clegg Jorgensen. In his native Denmark, Clegg was what you might charitably refer to as Eurotrash. He had always fancied himself a rugged captain of industry type, and he had cultivated the look and sound of one without, uh, technically speaking, having any sort of industry to captain. Your stunning beauty is matched only by your shrewdness as a negotiator. I will do anything I can, and I mean anything. To see that we close this deal, my dear. Think of me less as an adversary and more as a dance partner. I'd even be willing to let you lead if the mood takes me. Or, to put this another way, welcome to Copenhagen Fried Mordbabaf, may I take your order? 
However, a chance encounter with Zizix before her death had led Clegg to believe that her company was his birthright, a word he used with maddening frequency. And he managed to make his way to America earlier this year to take control of Zizix Cosmetics and fulfill his self-perceived destiny. Which brings us to a few months ago, when Clegg met his current romantic partner, Evelette Verino. Bartender, scotch on the rocks, if you please. That means over ice, in case you weren't certain. And make it the most expensive scotch in the house. I insist. Oh, hello. I didn't notice you there. And I'm not sure how I could have missed a creature as lovely as you, so you have my deepest apologies. I like a man who knows a good scotch. In fairness, I have not yet determined the quality of the scotch. I'm simply in a financial position to pay for the best. Yes, that. That's what I like in a man. <laughs> Delightful. Have a seat at the bar next to me, won't you? Only if you buy me a drink. Of course. Bartender, the lady here will have... A bottle of the most expensive thing you have back there. I like a woman who knows a good... opportunity when she sees it. Is that what this is? The night is young, but we have the wind at our backs. That's beautiful. What is it, Bon Jovi? No, that was one of mine. Though I am indeed an aficionado of that great contemporary poet, Bon Jovi. You live for the fight, the man says, when it's all that you've got. I must really be falling for you if you can make me swoon by quoting the third worst song ever created. What are the first... Don't worry, be happy, and don't stop believing by journey. I admire your specificity, if not your accuracy, my dear. I'm not sure we've worked up to my dear just yet. Let's circle back around to that when I get to the halfway mark on this bottle. It's a deal. In the meantime, might I at least start with your name? Evelette Verino. And you are? Clegg Jorgensen. At your service. New in town, Mr. Jorgensen. As a matter of fact, I am. I've come to Contentment Corner to claim the top spot at Zizix Cosmetics, which is my birthright. So, you're in charge of the second largest company in town, are you? For the moment. Oh, you're not staying. No, you misunderstand. We won't be the second largest company for much longer. Not once I can work out how to destroy St. Corby's soap. Ooh, hearing you talk like that has taken me right past my dear and straight into kept mistress territory. Is there somewhere we could go? I hear this place turns into a rather raucous erotic club in a few more hours. I wouldn't rule that out, but it's not exactly my idea of a first date. But going back to my place to, as the young people might say, bang it out is got it in one Ooh, we're fading out and you know what a fade out means in a soap opera i, I mean they literally just said the words bang it out just now so i'm not sure why i'm even stepping in to clarify this for you that was delicious i'm going to pretend you didn't say that what why because it sounds like something an android built to simulate human behavior would say no living person would refer to sex as delicious. Nor would I have, till I shared my bed with you. Can I ask you a question? You already have, my dear. Don't be an asshole. And perish the thought. Go on, ask your question. Why haven't you destroyed St. Corby's soap yet? I only just got here. We're still changing all the stationery and business cards. These things take time. Not in Contentment Corner, they don't. I'm not sure I follow. In this town, you have options available to you that aren't available anywhere else. 
time travel, killer robots, mummies. If you want something and you're willing to overlook certain moral reservations that other weaker people might have, it's not hard to get it. You think I should send a horde of mummies to destroy St. Corby? No, you idiot. Is it a horde of mummies, or is there a more accurate collective noun? Let me put this another way. What is the one obstacle keeping you from turning Zizek's cosmetics into an unstoppable juggernaut of... Whatever it is you do. Enabling people with low self-esteem to lie to themselves by painting their sad, ugly faces, I suppose? You certainly don't mince words, my darling. I don't mince anything. That's what the help is for. I suppose if there's one thing that would make my corporate life easier... I'd have loved to be able to get inside the head of my niece, the original Zizix Jones herself. It seems like she took all the company's juiciest secrets with her to the grave. Her successor... Jad Cortland, was basically neutered by his lack of access to whatever dirty secrets Zizix used to get ahead. And I'm not keen on finding myself similarly neutered if it's all the same. Oh, it is. If only she'd left behind some kind of journal or something, a diary, some kind of confidential testimonial. Or you could just bring her back to life. I'm listening. Which brings us, more or less, to the present. Specifically, episode 36, in which Clegg shut down Zizek's cosmetics to host a pop concert, which, owing to an obscure fair competition agreement with St. Corby Soap, forced the competing company to shut down for that same day. After dodging the unwanted attention of a hapless security guard, they fled the factory with what they had come for, a sample of Zizek's DNA. Left behind during one of her periodic catfights with Ottawa St. Corby on the factory floor, they returned to the Zizix Cosmetics building and reached out to a local necromancer. With his help and an assortment of exotic magical ingredients gathered by Clegg's assistant Gondola, the dark deed was successfully executed. Which is basically where we left you at the end of our last episode. It's working! It's actually working! Of course it's working! I told you that you can get basically anything done in this ridiculous little town if you know where to look. I can see her spirit coalescing before me now. Should I be shielding my eyes, or... Wait, where'd that little psychic fellow go? Oh, he had to rush off to another appointment, he said. Personally, I think he was embarrassed that he couldn't think of a rhyme for Zizix when he was doing his little chant. Poor guy. There's nothing sadder than an impotent necromancer. I'm certain I could think of at least four or five things sadder than that. For instance, there was this bunny. Not now, my dear. I think the ritual is nearly complete. What in God's name? Ah, Miss Vanderborg. Welcome back. I'd like to introduce you to my new business partner, the ghost of Zizix Jones. Oh, no. No, no, no. Problem, Miss Vanderborg? I came in here to give my two weeks' notice so that I can continue looking for my missing sister. As revealed in our last episode. Somehow, after all this time, I haven't drawn the line at flamingo care, or slashing the tires of people who cut you off in traffic, or fetching your laundry from all manner of businesses across town, except the places that actually clean clothes. I'm a busy man. My shirt falls where it falls, and I make no apologies for that. Shut up. I'm delivering my impassioned quitting speech. My bad. Please continue. I think I'd finished. I've had enough, and I quit. Good day, Mr. Jorgensen. What an unpleasant woman. So, are we just going to ignore the bloody ghost in the room, or...? Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry, Zizix. You must be exhausted after your... After 30 years of ceaseless torture in the pits of hell itself. 
Yes, as it happens, that sort of thing can really ruin a girl's day. Are all ghosts this whiny? Who is this now, Uncle Clegg? One of your floozies, I can only assume? I helped bring you into this world, young lady, and I can easily take you back out of it. I say that to my daughter all the time, but it's so much more literal now. Ladies, ladies, please. There's no need for hostility. We all want the same thing, after all. I find this prospect extremely unlikely. It's true. Everlet, darling, tell my niece why you helped me bring her back to this mortal plane. To assist you in destroying St. Corby's soap. Well, now you're speaking my language. Only I'm not doing it with an obviously fake accent. All right, all right, enough peace, please. Well, you did pull me out of the pit of eternal torment to do this one thing I enjoy most on Earth, so I can't be too cross with you, I suppose. That's more like it. Any chance I could bum one of those cigarettes off of you? I'm simply dying for a smoke. Fine, but just one. Thank you. That's very... What in the bloody blazes? Why can't I touch them? You have no corporeal form, old girl. You're a ghost. The only way you'd be able to smoke one of these is if I killed it first, and then you smoked its spectral remains. Well... Now I feel as though you're just mocking me. Me? As it happens, we've anticipated your need for a physical form. Observe. (coughs) Sorry. I'd hoped this would be a bit more dramatic. What we need is just inside this cupboard here. (coughs) There we go. What on earth is that? It's a Zizek suit. I beg your pardon. Cosmetics technology has come a long way since your death, darling niece. I had the boys down in the lab whip up this replica of your body out of synthetic skin and hair. Synthetic, eh? Well, I would have preferred animal skin, but we work with what we have, I suppose. How do I... It's coated with a special ectoconductive polymer. So you should just be able to climb inside the thing and work it like one of those... Life-size Muppets, like Big Bird. You've lost me. Or the Teletubby. Oh, yes, of course. You're not even English. Also, that show aired years after you died. So I just climb in here and... Oh, yes, this will do nicely. Excellent work, Uncle. Legs, arms, and a head all seems to be in perfect working order. And most importantly, I can clench my fists as I declare my intentions to utterly obliterate St. Corby's soap once and for all. Oh, oh, bollocks. Okay, something appears to come loose. Is, Is there some kind of fastener or something? Yeah, let me. Oh, that's better. Episode 38 of Contentment Corner featured Mark Bosco as board member, Christy Brannan as Evelette Verino, Terry Drozdak as Gondola Vanderbork, Brian Lynch as the narrator, Kara O'Connor as Zizix Jones, and Jason Wallace as Clegg Jorgensen. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt and produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2017. Ladies, ladies, please. There's no need for hostility, as erotic as it is. Uh, Zizix is, uh, supposed to be Clegg's niece, so... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll record that. I'll do that line over again.